Section twenty nine of A Woman's Journey Around the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Piotr Nater. A Woman's Journey Around the World by Ida Laura Pfeiffer. Chapter sixteen, part two. Continuation of Journey and Sojourn. Soon after my arrival, I went one morning upon the esplanade of the town for the purpose of seeing the great number of Parsees who, as I had read, assembled themselves there waiting for the first rays of the sun, on the appearance of which, as if at a given signal, they throw themselves on the ground and raise a loud cry of joy. Footnote. There are in all only six thousand Parsees in the island of Bombay. End of footnote i however merely saw several parsees not in groups but standing separately here and there reading silently from a book or murmuring a prayer to themselves these did not even come at the same time for many arrived as late as nine o'clock it was precisely the same with the corpses which are stated to be exposed upon the roofs for the birds of prey to feed upon i saw not a single one in calcutta mr v who had but recently come from bombay assured me that he had himself seen many i cannot believe that the english government would permit such a barbarous proceeding and one so prejudicial to health but i must resume my narrative my first question after i had been introduced to manukji was as to the manner in which the parsees bury their dead he conducted me to a hill outside the town and pointed out a wall four and twenty feet high enclosing a round space of about sixty feet in diameter he told me that within this wall there was a bier with three partitions built up and near to it a large pit excavated the bodies of the deceased are placed upon the bier the men on the first the women on the second and children on the third compartment and are fastened down with iron bands and according to the commands of their religion are left exposed to the action of the element of air the birds of prey which always gather in large swarms round such places fall upon the bodies ravenously and in a few minutes devour the flesh and skin the bones are gathered up and thrown into the cave when this becomes full the place is abandoned and another erected many wealthy people have private burial places over which they have fine wire gauze stretched so that the deceased members of their families may not be stripped of their flesh by birds of prey no one is allowed to enter the burial ground except the priests who carry the bodies even the door is rapidly closed for only one glance into it would be a sin the priests or rather bearers are considered so impure that they are excluded from all other society and form a separate caste whoever has the misfortune to brush against one of these men must instantly throw off his clothes and bathe the parsees are not less exclusive with respect to their temples no one of any other belief is allowed to enter them or even to look in the temples which i saw here of course only from the outside are very small extremely plain and destitute of the slightest peculiarity of architecture the round entrance hall surrounds a kind of forecourt enclosed by a wall i was only allowed to go as far as the entrance of the wall leading to the forecourt the handsomest temple in bombay is a small unimportant building and i must again contradict those descriptions which make so much of the beautiful temples of the fire worshippers footnote and yet bombay is the principal seat of the fire worshippers 
as i was informed by manukji the fire burns in a kind of iron vase in a completely empty unornamented temple or apartment the parsees affirm that the fire which burns in the principal temple and at which all the others are lighted originates from the fire which their prophet zoroaster lighted in persia four thousand years since when they were driven out of persia they took it with them this fire is not fed with ordinary wood alone more costly kinds such as sandal rosewood and such like are mixed with it the priests are called magi and in each temple there is a considerable number of them they are distinguished as regards their dress from the other parsees only by a white turban they are allowed to marry the women visit the temple generally at different hours from the men they are not forbidden to go there at the same time as the latter but they never do so and indeed very seldom go at all a pious parsee is supposed to pray daily four times and each time for an hour for this purpose however it is not necessary that he should go to the temple he fixes his eyes upon the fire earth or water or stares into the open air whoever finds four hours of prayer daily too much ingratiates himself with the priests who are humane and considerate like the priests of other religions and willingly release applicants from their cares for the consideration of a moderate gift the parsees prefer offering up their prayers in the morning in the presence of the sun which they honour the most as the greatest and most sacred fire the worship of fire is carried to such an extent by them that they do not pursue any trades which require the use of fire neither will they fire a gun or extinguish a light they let their kitchen fires burn out many travellers even affirm that they will not assist in extinguishing a conflagration but this is not the case i was assured that on such an occasion some years since many parsees had been seen giving their help to put the fire out manukji was so obliging as to invite me to his house that i might become acquainted in some degree with the mode of life of parsee families he also conducted me to the house of several of his friends i found the rooms furnished in the european manner with chairs tables sofas ottomans pictures mirrors etc the dress of the women was little different from that of the more wealthy hindus it was more decorous as it was not made of transparent muslin but of silk and they had moreover trousers the silk was richly embroidered with gold which luxury is extended to three-year-old children the younger ones and even the newly-born infants are wrapped in plain silk stuff the children wore little cups worked with gold and silver the parsee women consider gold ornaments pearl and precious stones as necessary a part of their dress as the hindus even in the house they wear a great quantity but when visiting or on the occasion of any festival the jewellery of a wealthy parsee woman is said to exceed in value one hundred thousand rupees ten thousand pounds children of only seven or eight months old wear finger rings and bracelets of precious stones or pearls the dress of the men consists of wide trousers and long kaftans the shirts and trousers are chiefly made of white silk the jackets of white muslin the turban differs greatly from that of the mahomedans it is a cup of pasteboard covered with colored stuff or waxen cloth ten or twelve inches high both men and women wear round their waists over the shirt a girdle passing twice round which they take off during prayers and hold in their hands with this exception they are never seen without it 
the law is so strict with regard to the point that whoever does not wear the girdle is driven out of society no agreement or contract is valid if the girdle is not worn when it is made the children begin to wear it when they reach their ninth year before this ceremony they do not belong to the community they may even eat of food prepared by christians and the girls can accompany their fathers in a public place the girdle changes all the son eats at his father's table the girls remain at home etc a second religious ordinance relates to the shirt this must be cut of a certain length and breadth and consists of nine seams which are folded over each other on the breast in a peculiar manner a parsee is allowed to have only one wife if the wife has no children or only girls during a period of nine years he can if she consents be divorced from her and marry another he must however still provide for her she can also marry again according to the religious belief of the parsee he is certain to enjoy perfect happiness in a future state of existence if he has a wife and a son in this life the parsees are not divided into castes in the course of time the parsees have acquired many of the customs of the hindus for example the women are not allowed to show themselves in public places in the house they are separated from the men take their meals alone and are upon the whole considered more as mere property the girls are promised when children and betrothed to the men when in their fourteenth year if however the bridegroom dies the parents can seek for another it is considered by the parsees to be a disgrace if the father does not find a husband for his daughter the parsee women however enjoy far more freedom in their houses than the unfortunate hindus they are allowed to sit even at the front windows and sometimes be present when their husbands receive visits from their male friends and on both occasions without being veiled the parsees may be easily distinguished from all other asiatic people by their features and especially by the lighter color of their skin their features are rather regular but somewhat sharp and the cheekbones are broad i did not think them as handsome as mahomedans and hindus manukji is a great exception to his country people he is perhaps the first who has visited paris london and a considerable part of italy he was so well pleased with european manners and customs that on his return he endeavoured to introduce several reforms among the people of his sect unfortunately he was unsuccessful he was decried as a man who did not know what he would be doing and many withdrew from him their friendship and respect in consequence he allows his family to go about the house with freedom but even there he cannot depart much from established custom as he does not wish to separate entirely from his sect his daughters are educated in the european method the eldest plays a little on the piano embroiders and sews she wrote a small paragraph in english in my album very well her father did not engage her as a child but wished that her own inclinations might correspond with his selection of a husband i was told that she would probably not meet with one because she is educated too much in the european style she is already fourteen years of age and her father has not yet provided her with a bridegroom when i first visited this house the mother and daughters were seated in a drawing-room engaged with needlework i remained during their meal-time a liberty which an orthodox parsee would not have afforded to me i was not however allowed to join them at table it was first laid for me and i ate alone several dishes were placed before me which with slight deviations were prepared in the european manner 
every one with the exception of the master of the house watched with surprise the way in which i used a knife and fork even the servants stared at this to them singular spectacle when i had sufficiently appeased my appetite in this public manner the table was as carefully brushed as if i had been infected with a plague flat cakes of bread were then brought and laid upon the uncovered table instead of plates and six or seven of the same dishes which had been served to me the members of the family each washed their hands and faces and the father said a short grace all except the youngest child who was only six years of age sat at the table and reached with their right hand into the different dishes they tore the flesh from the bones separated the fish into pieces and then dipped the pieces into the various soups and sauces and threw them with such dexterity into the mouth that they did not touch their lips with their fingers whoever accidentally does must immediately get up and wash his hand again or else place before him the dish into which he has put his unwashed hand and not touch any other one the left hand is not used during the whole meal-time this mode of eating appears indeed very uninviting but it is in fact not at all so the hand is washed and does not touch anything but the food it is the same in drinking the vessel is not put to the lips but the liquid is very cleverly poured into the open mouth before the children have acquired this dexterity in eating and drinking they are not permitted even when they wear the girdle to come to the table of the adults the most common drink in bombay is called sad or toddy a kind of light spirituous beverage which is made from the cocoa and date palm the taxes upon these trees are very high the latter are as in egypt numbered and separately assessed a tree which is only cultivated for fruit pays from a quarter to half a rupee six pence to one shilling those from which toddy is extracted from three quarters to one rupee each the people here do not climb the palm trees by means of rope ladders but they cut notches in the tree in which they set their feet during my stay here an old hindu woman died near to her vattenbach's house which circumstance gave me an opportunity of witnessing an indian funeral as soon as she began to show signs of death the women about her every now and then set up a horrible howling which they continued at short intervals after her decease presently small procession of six or eight women approached who also commenced howling as soon as they discovered the house of the mourners these women all entered the house the men of whom there were a great number present seated themselves quietly in front of it at the expiration of some hours the dead body was enveloped in a white shroud laid upon an open bier and carried by the men to the place where it was to be burned one of them carried a vessel with charcoal and a piece of lighted wood for the purpose of igniting the wood with the fire of the house the women remained behind and collected in front of the house in a small circle in the middle of which was placed a woman who was hired to assist in the lamentations she commenced a wailing song of several stanzas at the end of each of which the whole joined in chorus they kept time also by beating their breasts with the right hand and bowing their heads to the ground they executed this movement as quickly and regularly as if they had been dolls worked by a wire after this had been carried on for a quarter of an hour there was a short pause during which the women struck their breasts with both their fists so violently that the blows could be heard at some considerable distance 
after each blow they stretched their hands up high and bowed their heads very low all with great regularity and rapidity this proceeding seemed even more comical than the first after much exertion they seated themselves round in a ring drank toddy and smoked tobacco on the following morning both men and women repeated their visit the former however did not enter the house they lit a fire and prepared a plain meal as often as a party of women came one of the men went to the house door and announced them upon which the principal mourner came out of the house to receive them she threw herself with such violence on the ground before them that i thought that she would not be able to rise up again the women struck themselves with their fists once on their breasts and then drew their hands to their heads the widow raised herself in the meantime threw herself impetuously round the necks of each of the women throwing at the same time her head-dress over the head of her consoler and both endeavoured to outdo each other in howling all these evolutions were very rapidly performed a dozen embraces were gone through in a moment after the reception they went into the house and continued howling at intervals it was not until sunset that all was still and a supper concluded the whole affair the women ate in the house the men in the open air funerals and marriages always cost the hindus a great deal the one here described was that of a woman of the poorer class nevertheless it is considered essential that there should be no want of toddy during two days or of provisions for meals at which there are an abundance of guests in addition to this there is the wood which also costs a considerable sum even when it is only common wood the rich who use on such occasions the most costly wood frequently pay more than a thousand rupees one hundred pounds i once met the funeral procession of a hindu child it lay upon a cushion covered with a white sheet and was strewed with fresh and beautiful flowers a man carried it on both his arms as gently and carefully as if it were sleeping in this instance also there were only men present the hindus have no particular festival day in the week but festivals at certain times which last for some days i was present at one of these during my stay Varusheporupu, the new year's festival which took place on the eleventh of april it was a kind of fast night celebration the principal amusement consisted in throwing yellow brown and red colors over each other and painting themselves with the same on their cheeks and foreheads the noisy tam-tam or a couple of violins headed by procession and greater or less followed who laughing and singing danced from house to house or from one place to another several indeed on this occasion found the toddy rather too exciting but not so much as to lose their consciousness or to exceed the bounds of decorum the women do not take part in these public processions but in the evening both sexes assemble in the house where the festivities are said not to be carried on in the most decorous manner martyrs festivals are no longer celebrated with full splendour i did not see any their time is past i was however so fortunate as to see a martyr to whom great numbers of people flocked this holy man had for three-and-twenty years held one of his arms raised up with the hand turned back so far that a flower-pot could stand upon it the three-and-twenty years were passed and the flower-pot was removed but neither hand nor arm were to be brought into any other position for the muscles had contracted the arm was quite withered and presented a most repulsive appearance the island of elephanta is about six or eight miles distant from bombay 
Herr Wattenbach was so kind as to take me there one day. I saw some rather high mountains, which, however, we did not ascend. We visited only the temples, which are very near to the landing-place. The principal temple resembles the larger viharas at Adjunta, with the single exception that it is separated on both sides from the solid rock, and connected with it only above, below, and at the back. In the sanctuary stands a gigantic three-headed bust, some believe that it represents the hindu trinity one of the heads is full-faced the two others in profile one right the other left the bust including the head-dress measures certainly as much as eight feet on the walls and in the niches there are a number of giant statues and figures in fact whole scenes of the hindu mythology the female figures are remarkable they all have the left hip turned out the right turned inwards the temple appears to be devoted to the god shiva in the neighbourhood of the large temple stands a smaller one whose walls are also covered with deities both temples were much injured by the portuguese who when they conquered the island in their noble religious zeal planted cannons before them in order to destroy the shocking pagan temples in which attempt they succeeded much better than in the conversion of the pagans several columns are quite in ruins nearly all are more or less damaged and the ground is covered with fragments none of either the gods or their attendants escaped uninjured there is a most enchanting view across the sea of the extensive town and the delightful hills surrounding it from the facade of the large temple we passed the whole day here very agreeably during the hot hours of noon we amused ourselves by reading in the cool shadows of the temple herr wattenbach had sent on several servants previously among others the cook together with tables chairs provisions books and newspapers in my opinion this was rather superfluous but what would my countrywomen have said could they have seen the english family which we accidentally met with here they carried several couches easy chairs enormous footstools a tent etc with them this is what i call a simple country party Salsetta, also called Tiger Island, is united to Bombay by means of a short artificial dam. The distance from the fort to the village, behind which the temples are situated, is eighteen miles, which we travelled, with relays of horses, in three hours. The roads were excellent, the carriage rolled along as if on a floor. The natural beauty of this island far exceeds that of Bombay. Not mere rows of hills, but magnificent mountain chains here raise their heads, covered even to their summits with thick woods from which bare cliffs here and there project the valleys are planted with rich fields of corn and slender green palms the island does not appear to be densely populated i saw only a few villages and a single small town inhabited by marathas whose appearance is as needy and dirty as those near kumdalla from the village where we left the carriage we had still three miles to go to the temples the principal temple alone is in the style of a chaitsa but it is surrounded by an uncommonly high porch at both extremities of which idols one and twenty feet high stand in niches adjoining to the right is a second temple which contains several priest cells allegorical figures of deities and reliefs beside these two there are innumerable other smaller ones in the rocks which extend on both sides from the principal temple i was told there were more than a hundred they are all viharas with the exception of the principal temple the greater number however are scarcely larger than ordinary small chambers and are destitute of any peculiarity the rock temples of elephanta and salsetta 
rank in respect to magnitude grandeur and art far below those of adjunta and elora and are of interest only to those who have not seen the latter it is said that the temples of salsetta are not much visited because there is considerable danger attending it the country is represented to be full of tigers and so many wild beasts are said to swarm round the temples that it is impossible to enter them and moreover the robbers which are known by the name of beals live all round here we fortunately met with none of these misfortunes later indeed i wandered about here alone i was not satisfied with a single sight and left my friends privately while they were taking their noon rest and clambered from rock to rock as far as the most remote temple in one i found the skin and horns of a goat that had been devoured which sight somewhat frightened me but trusting to the unsociability of the tiger who will rather fly from a man in broad day than seek him out i continued my ramble we had as i have said no danger to resist it was different with two gentlemen who some days later nearly fell victims not indeed to wild beasts but to wild bees one of them knocked upon an opening in the side of the rock when an immense swarm of bees rushed out upon them and it was only by the greatest exertion that they escaped miserably stung on the head face and hands this occurrence was published in the newspapers as a warning for others the climate of bombay is healthier than that of calcutta even the heat is more tolerable on account of the continual sea breezes although bombay lies five degrees further south the mosquitoes here as in all hot countries are very tormenting a centipede slipped into my bed one evening but i fortunately discovered it in time i had already decided upon taking my passage in an arabian boat which was to leave for bassora on the second of april when herr wattenbach brought the news that on the tenth a small steamer would make its first voyage to bassora this afforded me great pleasure i did not suspect that it would happen with a steamer as with a sailing vessel whose departure is postponed from day to day nevertheless we did not leave the harbour of bombay until the twenty third of april End of section 29